young minister was about to deliver his first sermon and was asked a retired minister friend for advice on how to capture the congregation's attention. He started with an opening line that's certain to grab them. That's what he tells them. And, and the older man said, for example, some of the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman who was not my wife. He smiled at the younger man's shocked expression before adding, she was my mother. The next Sunday, the young preacher nervously clutched the pulpit. Finally, he said, some of the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman. And he was pleased with the instant reaction. Then he became panic-strucken. But for the life of me, I can't remember who she was. Now here's where I'm going with this. Forgetfulness can be a problem. I struggle with forgiveness our forgiveness often, don't you? Uh, the older I get, it becomes a little bit more of a hiccup, headache in my life. Usually right before I'm about to introduce them to someone else whose name I've forgotten as well. Now don't laugh about it, you know. And don't anybody raise their hand to testify, alright? <laughs> we've all missed appointments. We've all missed opportunities. And we've... Uh, special dates to remember, and it only gets worse with age. Forgetting to buy milk or forgetting your anniversary can be bad things. But it's tragic when we forget all that God has done for us. Uh, scripture shows us that the opposite of forgetfulness is not just remembering, but it's praise. And it's clearly proclaimed in Scripture today in Psalms 103, 1-5. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth be renewed like eagles. Spurgeon is quoted as saying, we often write our blessings in the sand and we engrave our complaints in marble. Blessings written in sand are soon washed away and forgotten. Uh, we are so quick to focus on the negative and on our complaints uh, about how things are going and uh, we're not as quick with our praise. If we ever have trouble coming up with something to praise God for, we need to turn to the Psalms and we'll be reminded of the many blessings that God has been for us. You know, when you first read these first two verses in Psalms, here's what you get a picture of. You get a picture of David... Think about this. David does, he doesn't even ask for one thing. He, he's not in an asking mode. Uh, he's stirring himself up to worship God, to praise God for something. How long can you talk to God without asking for something? Uh, this be praise begins and ends with the same phrase, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Ray Pritchard says this, We need a good dose of Psalm 103 to wash out the complaining spirit and replace it with a heart of gratitude to the Lord. In Psalms 103, first two verses, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. Do you ever talk to yourself? Come on, admit it. David's talking to himself in this first verse. He's stirring himself up to worship and praise God. David's commandment to himself is, Bless the Lord and don't forget all His benefits. Now, what does bless the Lord mean? Well, how can we bless the Lord? Think about it. How can your children bless you? A simple thank you from them, an expression of love from them, without asking for anything. Wouldn't that bless your soul? Yeah, it would. Just so happens, last week was my birthday. I have three boys. Each one of them texted me. They said, thank you for all you do for our families. We love you. Now, i got to suck a little air right now, okay? Because, I, you know, I was like, wow, you know? And they weren't asking for anything. <laughs> to bless God means to show appreciation, gratitude, respect, thankfulness to Him. That's why many times it's translated praising. David speaking to his soul, telling his soul to praise God. Can you imagine David singing these words? They weren't just words on a page to him. They were a part of his worship to God. David was enthusiastic about his worship toward God. And he even danced when he worshiped God. Listen to these psalms. Psalms 34, the first three verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. In Psalm 66, 1-4, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you, and they sing praises in your name. You know, here we see in this passage five benefits that we need to remember. But the three, first three are negative, in that they are God's response to our sinfulness. God forgives our sins. He heals us from the consequences of our sins. And He redeems us from destruction, the wages of sin. Can you really count God's benefits to us? Uh, Can we even count the blessing He bestows on us in every single day? Uh, We might as well try to count the grains of sand or the number of stars, but David in our passages focus, in this passage, focuses on five benefits which we can praise God for. Uh, The first one is forgiveness. Man, we ought to be thankful that God forgives us. And He's eager to forgive us. Praise God for His healing. For His redemption. He redeemed us to Himself. For God's love and His mercy. And then for His provision. Who forgives all, all your iniquities. We're reminded God forgives all our sins. 
this is a great place to start naming our benefits because it's our biggest problem. Our sins separated us from God and we are overwhelmed with guilt of sin. If we forget forgiveness, uh, we are unable to praise God. There's no joy in worship, and until we know that the sin barrier is gone between us and God, and it's been removed once and for all, boy, God forgives all our iniquities. Now, that's good news. That's great news. And because of all of our sin, in Romans 3.23, it says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We sin a lot. We keep doing wrong things. Uh, some of the wrong things over and over again. And the good news is all covers our sins in the past, present, and even future. You know, Ray Pritchard said this about in, from script, this scripture. He forgives all our sins, past, present, and future. That's a huge insight because it touches how we see God. He's more willing to forgive than we are to be forgiven. God is eager to forgive. God is ready to forgive. And God wants to forgive. Here's the good news. Because of Christ, God forgives all our sins. And when He looks at us, He sees Christ's payment for our sins. Consider the greatness of God's love and forgiveness. It is greater than the vastness of the universe. Even the closest star is the vast distance from earth. But God's forgiveness is greater than that. Consider the magnitude of God's love and forgiveness. Later in Psalms, David writes this, As far as the east is from the west, so does He remove our transgression from us. Now, if you decided today that you were going to travel east, You would cross the United States, span the Atlantic Ocean, drive across Europe, navigate the Mediterranean Sea, travel through the Middle East, so that until you traveled around the entire globe, you would prove that no matter how far east you go, you'll never find the West. East and West never, never meet. And our sins are removed by God to be never found again. Not long before she died, Margantara Lasky, now I slaughtered her first name, she was uh, being interviewed in a surprising candor on television. She was best known secular humanist and novelist. She said this, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have no one to forgive me. We have someone who loves us and forgives us. Then the second one, who heals all our diseases. Is this a promise of physical healing? David's words are pointing to every aspect of healing. uh, Spiritual, emotional, and physical. Someone asked Ray Pritchard if he believed in divine healing, and his answer was this, that's the only kind there is. Give thanks to the Lord for every bit of healing you experience. If you took an aspirin, and now the headache 
is gone. That's real healing. That's good medicine and good prayer go together. What other healing is there in the Psalms talking about? God also heals us spiritually, emotionally, from the results of sin. God can heal relationships and deep hurts which don't show on the outside but are just as real as physical hurts. Sin is a disease of our soul and God specializes in healing all our diseases. Disease is the result of sin. Not individual sin, but the sin of Adam and Eve and the fall that resulted. Death and dying are a part of life. We can all praise Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. The third one, who redeems your life from the pit. To be redeemed is to be delivered. Being redeemed is being rescued from the pit. The pit refers to death itself. He has forgiven us. He has healed us. And He has redeemed us. He has redeemed our lives and He redeems your life from going to waste. You see, God gives us purpose for living. The world cannot give any hope of the meaningful existence. Uh, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. But one of the benefits of knowing God is that we remember our lives count. We are redeemed and the price has been paid. Not only that, but God protects us from trouble. He goes before us. He provides for us the strength for each and every day. Pastor Kyle and Pastor Tim have both gotten together and uh, they started something called Intentional Discipleship at Edgewood. And, and, you know, Pastor Tim, I went to him the other day and I've already gone through one of the books that they were promoting. And I said, hey, where's the second book? And he gave me the second book and I read through it and it was called, it's entitled, Who Am I in Christ? The purpose and meaning he imparts to my life because of what Christ has done. Listen to this list. I am forgiven. I am reconciled with God. I am redeemed. I am bought with a price and I belong to God. I am rescued. I am known by God. I am chosen. Wow. To be chosen. He wants you. He loves you. He chose you. I am justified before God. He looks at me just as if I had never sinned. I'm accepted. I'm saved. I'm alive. I am free. I'm loved. And I am taken care of. Praise God for the redeemed life. Man, that's awesome. And then, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. A crown speaks of our standing as children of God. God crowns us with His unending, unfathomable love and pours out abundant mercy. Aren't you glad it isn't justice? My goodness, God pours out on us His grace and we deserve God's judgment, uh, but He withstands that. He holds it back. 
And we wouldn't even have a chance, but yet God in His love pours out steady, a flow of mercy. And mercy is not getting what you deserve. Uh, We deserve punishment from our sin, but God poured out His mercy by sending Jesus Christ to take our punishment. And He continues to pour out His mercy to us every day. He meets us where we're at in our mess, and He loves us. You know, in another Psalms, David writes this in Psalms 8, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have crowned him with divine love and mercy. We're taken from the pit to the throne room of God. We are crowned with love and mercy. When we think of the crown, we think of political power, might, and authority, but being crowned is certainly speaking of honor, but not in the world's term. Here it's the Father's love, it's compassion that He's placed on our heads. Do you see yourself as one who's valued, loved, with divine love and mercy? Many times we miss that. Don't be like the following housekeeper who didn't realize what she was throwing away. Now, I kind of looked up on the Internet, and I was looking at Super Bowl rings. Uh, years ago, uh, they would manufacture them, and they would manufacture them for about 5000 Now they're about 35000 And then, if you were somebody that was a somebody in the National Football League, if they auctioned off your ring, it could go for 75000 It could go for 100000 Well... One football uh, team owner called it the single most impressive symbol of being a champion. And we're talking about the NFL Super Bowl rings. The ring uh, on the most uh, recent Super Bowl champs are worth about 35000 each. Now, can you imagine losing something that valuable? You know, my son gave me a pen one time, and it, it was worth $100. And... Uh, I lost it four times, (laughs) and I freaked out, and because I lost it four times, I ran into Rocky Jones, who's one of our deacons, and I went up to him that Sunday, and I said, hey, isn't it your birthday? And he said, yes. I said, happy birthday, enjoy, because I didn't want to lose it anymore. Now, how can you replace something that valuable or irreplaceable in a ring? Now, former Raiders champion Gene Upshaw can. uh, To keep his Super Bowl ring safe at home, he put it inside a bank that looked like a Pepsi can. Problem? He forgot to tell his housekeeper. They mistook the bank for an empty pop can, tossed it, Ring and all. A costly mistake. Trashing treasure because of the container it was in. When we trash our standing in Christ, tossing away the benefits of God's love and mercy, we're forgiving God's benefits. May we forever praise God for the benefits of His love and His mercy in our lives. The fifth one. Praise for the God's provision. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Uh, One translation says, He fills your life with good things. 
uh, the good things are from God. Not things at all, not what we possess. To be satisfied is so that we're so full that you don't need anything else. In Christ, we have all we need. If we forget this, we are left with discontent and disgruntled lives. People spend their lives seeking happiness, but all end up short. We as humans are never satisfied. Mick Jagger's lyrics reflect the human condition. I can't get no satisfaction. You know what era I grew up in, don't you? In Christ, God has for us the greatest satisfaction ever. In light of what we've seen in our passage already, forgiveness, ultimate healing, redemption, and great mercy and love, how could we not experience satisfaction? The passage says He satisfies our desires with good things. Does this mean I get everything I want, everything I desire? We had a family celebration a couple of weeks ago. Angie Rourke made cupcakes for the event. There was lots of fun, laughter, and food. It was an open house with people coming and going and partaking of all the good food. Well, there were delicious cupcakes there. And, you know, as you see my family there, one of my grandsons, who will not go named, came in and he had a cupcake. Then he came in and he grabbed two cupcakes. And he told, us, he told those that were sitting there, oh, these are for such and such and such and such. Then he came back and grabbed two more. And he, he said, oh, these are for such and such and such that they wanted. By the time he was done, he had put down eight cupcakes. There were consequences. Do you know where I'm going? I'm not going anymore. Now here's the thing, Those were, that was an unpleasant experience for him. It was also an unpleasant experience for us. God doesn't give us our every little heart's desire. What God gives us is infinitely greater. He gives us contentment rather than a promise of getting all you want. This is a promise that God gives that is good. God gives us just what we need, just when we need it most. Also, God gives us inner renewal, strength for the day. The eagle is a picture of strength as it soars through the sky. And Isaiah tells us, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, the believer is strengthened by the Lord, even in old age and able to soar like an eagle. No matter how old we become, God can satisfy the needs of our lives and the spiritual desires of our heart. The Bible tells us about one of those happy old people, Caleb. Caleb was one of the spies sent by Moses to spy out the land of Cana. Only Caleb and Joshua advised the Hebrews to proceed immediately to take the land. For his faith, Caleb was rewarded with the promise he and his descendants should possess it. As a man of 85 years old, he declared that God had blessed him with continued strength. And he was ready to proceed into Canaan and possess the mountain that God had promised him. 
God will satisfy us with good things and give us strength we need. Praise God for the good things He's given us. So here's some practical suggestions. Why don't you get a piece of paper out and look around and make a list of all the benefits that God has given you. Chris, one of the first ones you brought to probably put on there is Lucille Rogers. I'm messing with you, okay? But there are all these people that have come alongside of us and ministered grace to us and encouraged us. And then all the blessings that God has given us. You ought to list those and then go back to those and add to the pages of those. Yesterday I was on uh, Facebook only because I was a member of a group called Life Action. I I was a second year team member and they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. I was 18 when I was on that ministry. Uh, One night, the, uh, the first night we were there, we were being trained and I was with all these college people. Del Faisenfeld, the founder of the organization, was with us. And uh, as I kneeled in prayer with all of them, uh, we went around the room praying. And when they came to me, I prayed, and I think I prayed for six minutes, which probably was only three minutes. But then I was in the presence of all these people that could pray and pray and pray, and one of them for an hour. I went to bed that night and cried and thought, God, I don't know that I belong here. But they let me stay. And it so happens is that 42 years ago, I got a phone call asking me, hey, would you like to be a youth pastor? And it's a long story, but because of my involvement with Life Action, because of a revival that took place here 30 years ago, well, excuse me, that's longer than that, because I've been here 40 So it was even before that, three years before I got here, people got right with God. Pastor Brown said, you have some of life action's mentality in you. And he hired me. Thank God for the people that God brings into our lives to challenge us, to grow us, to help us. I have a list of all the people that influenced me when I was a child, growing up. That influenced me and impacted me. Look around. His benefits are all around. Be thankful with a grateful heart. Encourage praise to God for all His benefits. Boy, could you spend an hour in prayer with God, thanking Him for all the things? I challenge you to try to do that. Speak it. Tell others about God's good benefits. And then do it daily, making praising God for the benefits as a part of your daily routine. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Like David, praise Him with all the things within you. Your attitudes, your actions, your family, your finances, even the job you have, your hobbies, your words, your relationships and habits. Because we're surrounded by memories. It's hard to forget the blessings and benefits of God. He benefits, his benefits are many. But here's the five. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, love, and mercy, and his provision. How do we respond with praise and worship? William Law said this, Would you know who the greatest saint in the world is? It is not he who prays 
most or fasts most. It is not he who gives most alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice, but is he who is always thankful to God, who wills, who wills everything that God wills, who receives everything in an instant of God's goodness, and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Could you therefore work miracles? You could not do more for yourself than by this thankful spirit, for it turns all that it touches into happiness. Clovis Chapel tells a story about a much-loved man upon whose headstone were written these words. Here lies a man who was satisfied with Jesus. Are you satisfied with Jesus? You may be sitting here today and you've forgotten all these benefits that God's given you. And maybe you've never responded to God's forgiveness, but I just want to challenge you today if if you're here and you've never entered a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it's the most important decision that anyone can ever make. And here's a simple outline to explain it. The first thing is admit you're a sinner. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned and need forgiveness. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned. The place to start is with the realization is that nothing I can do can save myself. I can't be good enough. I can't do enough. I can't solve my sin problem. We're all sinners. B, believe. Believe what God says about Jesus in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 3-4. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received from that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised the third day in accordance to the Scriptures. Believe that Jesus died and took your punishment from your sins. And then see, confess and choose. In Romans 10, 9-10 it says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses is saved. You know, when I was a teenager, I prayed a simple prayer like this because I realized I was a sinner. I realized that I couldn't do anything to save myself, and I realized that Jesus was the Son of God. And I prayed a simple prayer like this, Dear Jesus, I come to you knowing that I'm a sinner. My sin separates me from you, and I believe you died on the cross for me. In my place as my Savior, I accept you as my Savior. I invite you to come into my heart, come into my life, and take control. Thank you. Amen. Now, if you said a simple prayer like that, the Bible says, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. More important than who you become, what job you hold, whatever, this is the most important decision that anybody can make. Is Jesus the Son of God? And Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins. So to put our faith and trust in Him is the only way. The one He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, years ago, before computers, remember the 
Reuben Donnelly Company. Did you get a phone book from them? Hey, you know, before the Reuben Donnelly Company did phone, um, phone books, they handled magazine subscriptions for a number of publications. They had a machine that would send out notices to people whose subscription had expired. One day, the machine broke, and a rancher in Powder Bluff, Colorado, received 9,734 notices that his subscription to National Geographic had expired. He drove 10 miles to the post office, sent his money and wrote, Send me the magazine! I give up! (laughs) Here's where I'm going with all this. God has flooded our lives with far more than 9,734 notices of His love and blessings. No matter where you are with God this morning, He's sending you a notice of His amazing love, His forgiveness, His mercy, and His grace. A gal by the name of Annie Johnson Flint, she was born like in the late 1800s and passed away, I believe, in 1933. She was raised in a Christian home and she developed as a teenager juvenile arthritis. And she suffered with it all her life, even to become bedridden. But she was a believer in Jesus Christ. Some of you know her and many of you probably don't know her. But she wrote these words. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth, and giveth again. When we've exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our horrid resources, our Father full giving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. That's how wonderful our God is to each and every one of us. Let's pray, shall we? Let's all stand. Father, today we ask that you administer to our hearts. Father, we thank you for the fact that you love us, you forgive us, you meet our needs. Father, you see each heart that's represented here. You see what they're going through. You see what their needs are. And Father, you want to meet our needs. If there's someone here that has never established a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, may today be the day that they trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But then, Father, through life we have a lot of 
ups and downs, hiccups and headaches. You know, these tabernacles, these tents that we live in, the older we get, we struggle because they wear out. Father, for each person, You know what our needs are today. I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that You would work in each heart, that You would give them just what they need, just when they need it most. Because You promise us that You love us. You promise that You'll meet our needs. Father, we come before You. We trust You. We love You. We praise You for all that You've given us in Jesus Christ. Adjourn us with Your blessings now. May we go forth in a world that needs You like never before, sharing who Jesus Christ is and what He can do in their lives because of what He's done in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.